Welcome, welcome, welcome. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Bell Ringer podcast hosted by Sixers Wire of USA Today Sports Media Group. I am your host, the editor of the Sixers Wire site, Kai Carlin. I got my guy with me out there in Cleveland, Ohio, Cameron Fields. What's going on, Cam? Hey, what's up, Kai? Man, I've been doing pretty well. Hopefully the weather gets nicer here in Cleveland because my birthday is tomorrow and it's just like, man, please, please. <laughs> Because it's, it's, it's kind of chilly today, so, you know. That's right, man. We've got birthday celebrating tomorrow. So happy early birthday, uh, shout out to my guy, Cam. It was snowing here, like, like the other day on uh, Saturday. And, I, and, and I'm like, yo, what did we do to make 2020 <laughs> hate us so much? Like, I don't know. Like, what did we do to God or whoever, like, like for, for him to be like, yo, 2020, I'm messing everybody up. <laughs> I'm going to send out a virus. I'm going to send out, I'm going to cancel the NBA. I'm going to cancel baseball, like everything. And I'm like, oh, like, what did we do, God? What did we do? <laughs> what did we do? I don't understand it. Anyway, guys, it's been very busy in, in Sixer land. Not very busy to the point to where, like, they're playing basketball games because obviously nobody's playing basketball games right now. But there have been some kind of some interesting news pieces, interesting debate topics that have come out the last couple of days. Uh, one was a redraft actually done by um, by Bleach Report from 2016, and they had the Philadelphia 76ers selecting Pascal Siakam uh, with the first overall pick rather than Ben Simmons, and they had Simmons going two to the Los Angeles Lakers. And honestly, Cam, it's kind of debatable because, I mean, is Ben Simmons a better player than Siakam? Sure, but Siakam has... He's probably fit better for today's game rather than a guy like Ben because he can actually shoot the ball. Yeah, I mean, with the Pascal Siakam, uh, the redraft, the 2016 redraft, I feel like you could still go Ben Simmons number one there just because he has, you know, such a unique skill set where it's 10 point guard, basically. I mean, you have him at that size where, you know, he's got some weight to him as well. He's not like a, a skinny guy. So you have Ben Simmons at 6'10", being able to distribute. Um, he can put You can put him off the ball in some situations, too, as a screener. I think that's something that they started to see this season that could work very well. But really, he's one of he has some of the best vision in the league, in my opinion. So I see where, you know, you people would go if Pascal Siakam in that redraft because, you know, he's a champion. He was the number two behind Kawhi Leonard. And this season he really evolved into a legitimate number one option. You know, he was like the guy in Toronto. But I still think you could go Ben Simmons there just because he, he's a good player in his own right. But I see where people are. I, I don't think that you can really go wrong with either guy. Because right. like when, when, like really when you look at it, um, Siakam this year has – he, he obviously he won most improved player in 2019 but honestly he was on his way to winning most improved player again in 2020 if, if, like if we're going to be completely honest like the dude like took his game to another level and that's really what people are waiting for uh with Simmons I feel like everybody's waiting for him to take that next step offensively because that's all anybody really cares about nobody really wants to look at the defensive numbers when in reality right. In reality, Ben Simmons is an elite defender. Like, he locks down so many, so many different guys. And he really – he's morphed into a closer on the defensive end. Like, if that makes any sense. Like, he's closed games out just by getting a big stop defensively or, or getting a steal, getting his hand in the passing lanes. He's leading the league in steals. Um, as you mentioned, Cam, his vision is just out of this world. And he really does so many different things. But the reason why people bring this up all the time is because – and. 
honestly, we can even segue that into Larry Brown's comments made the other day. He doesn't shoot the ball, and Siakam does. And he does it at a pretty good clip. Now, Larry Brown actually joined uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia's podcast, Sixers Talk, with Paul Hudrick. And he basically said, why is everybody worrying about Ben Simmons taking a jump shot? And But then he kind of like tailed off and be like, well, the game is different. He's got to shoot the ball. And that's why those Siakam-Simmons debates, you know, they, they become really real. Yeah. I mean, it's just like about finding a nice balance. I mean, I don't think Ben Simmons, to be honest, I think Ben Simmons could go the rest of his career without shooting a three and still have good impact. But I think what he should really start to refine is that mid-post game where he's backing down some smaller guys and he can get that separation because he's shown that, um, that he can be pretty good in that area in terms of getting turnaround jumpers in the mid posts. And uh, he, he slashed that jumper in that area pretty well. So I think if he can refine that jump shot and, you know, be able to take on smaller defenders, that can be very good for him. Yeah, there's always a couple of different things that he can really do offensively. He can finish, he can get to the basket, as you mentioned, work in the, like, the mid posts a little bit, show some post moves down there, and he can still finish uh, effectively and still be a very good offensive player. But because this league is so predicated on that jump shot, and this is why everybody always tries to break apart the Simmons and Joel Embiid duo, it's because he can't shoot. And it's, and, and it's not even necessarily because he can't shoot, he won't shoot. Like, just, he, he, just yeah. he refuses to even attempt it. And I think that if he would actually even attempt to take a mid-range jumper or attempt a three-pointer, we wouldn't be having this conversation. You know, we'd, we'd be sitting here right. like, okay, yeah, Ben Simmons, for sure, 2016, you do it again, you absolutely do that again. But Siakam, yeah. Siakam's out here, he's six foot, he's six, I think, nine, and he's right, taking... Right, yeah, around there, yeah. Yeah, and he's taking six threes a game. And he's, he's hitting them at like 36%, 37%. That's good numbers. And it's like, and you look at Ben, it's like, dude, can you take just one a game? That is why, th- that is why the debate yeah. really does become like a real thing. Yeah, I mean, and then I think, too, uh, we got into this the last podcast where it Ben and Joel Embiid. I think that eventually, sooner than later, they're going to have to be like, okay, how can we get the most out of each player while still not having to trade um, either player? So it's like, hey, can we have um, different lineups where both of you guys can thrive? Can we have a lineup with Joel Embiid where it's like, hey, you don't have to shoot as many jump shots. Um, And then where Ben, it's like, hey, we can play more fast. And then he can basically play the five, but run the point on, you know, play the five like defensively, but run the point on offense. So it's like, hey, how can we make the best of both worlds happen? And, you know, still not trade you guys because you're both very valuable to us. And I don't think the Sixers are as good if they trade either either one of those players. No, I honestly, I don't even consider trading either of them. Because, I mean, I, I mentioned this before, and honestly, Cam, you just kind of dipped into it. Their problem isn't Simmons and Embiid. The problem is they paid Tobias Harris $180 million and paid Al Horford another $109 million. That That was your big issue, and you let J.J. Redick walk. So now you're relying on capable shooters like Harris and Horford and Josh Richardson, and, and you don't have that sharpshooter. Like that is why everybody tries to, you know, break up Ben and Joe. And it's not even Ben and Joe, really. It's the, it's the pieces surrounding them. So on top of that, it's because Ben doesn't take a jump shot. Like, like he definitely, you know, kind of feeds into that. The problem isn't them. They had a lot of success with those two in the past. 
the reason why it's not working this year is because the, the pieces surrounding them just aren't, you know, they don't fit the superstar duo. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's tough because yeah, as you mentioned that the, the fit around them is, is bad. I, I think that there, it was a mistake made where they let Jimmy Butler walk. I mean, I feel like, you know, they could have done away, like they could have been fine, you know, not having JJ Redick. But when you got rid of Jimmy Butler, it's like, hey, this is, that's kind of, you can kind of connect, like talking about how we can make the best of both worlds. He can kind of connect both players. He can play with either player. And then both of those players can succeed in respective lineups. So you have something where Jimmy Butler's playing with Joel Embiid. Jimmy Butler's running more of the point. He just feeds Joel Embiid, you know, and then Ben, and then when Ben Simmons was of Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler plays his more traditional position of the wing, and he he just does his Jimmy Butler scoring type of traditional role. Ben Simmons is Ben Simmons, and you have Tobias Harris too, and where he's just Tobias Harris shooting, spreading the floor, that kind of thing. So I think that Jimmy Butler could have been a nice, you know, connection where they would have been able to have like the best of both, most of the worlds and not have to trade, you know, not have to think about trading either Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. The big thing is Jimmy just, Jimmy didn't get along with Brett Brown. I mean, like if Brett and Jimmy could have been like at least civil towards each other, then Jimmy would still be here. Just unfortunately, it just, it was so icy and the tension was just like so thick. It was just like the writing was kind of on the wall. Gotcha. Like, as soon as as soon as that Kawhi shot dropped, which today is actually the one year anniversary of that shot, Sixers fans, right. I'm sorry. As soon as that Kawhi shot dropped, and you know Joel and all the emotions came flowing out, and I went to exit interviews the next day, and I asked Jimmy, and Jimmy was like, mm, "I don't know, we'll uh, we'll figure it out." And as soon as he said that, I was like, "Okay, he's gone. He's gone. He's not coming back." So it was like, makes sense, yeah. Well, because you're absolutely right. Like if Jimmy was here then we'd be talking about a totally different Sixers team and they would probably be like the two, three, the two seed or the three seed or something. And then you don't have to get Al Horford, you know? Right. You don't I have mean, to you don't have to. Out. And then, I mean, you got, I mean, obviously, you know, you try to figure out what the money, you know, Tobias Harris. It's like, hey, I mean, you, this sacrifices has got to be made, you know? I mean, Jimmy Butler's a better player than Tobias Harris. So Jimmy Butler would, you know, warrant more money than Tobias Harris. They play, you know, basically the same position, uh, you know, basically the same position. Tobias Harris, you know, more capable of running four, but he's still a forward in the in the general sense. And basically um, you would have to pay Tobias Harris $180 million. Right. Yeah. You just have to pay him what, you know, just Tobias Harris. I mean, he's a good player, but he, to me, he's like on that Chris Middleton level. And to me, I mean, yeah. Chris Middleton is an all-star, but still... I think Chris Middleton, if you have one of those like complimentary, call it complimentary starter. I mean, 